Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Wonderful. Welcome to church, everyone, and everyone online. Hello. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, bless you. And, um, and as my wife was saying, that we do have, we're going to have, um, going to take care of children 9 a.m. and 11. So you can um, register your children in both services. So, and I love, as a pastor, crying out to you guys, we love you dearly. If you haven't made it back to a service, do your best to just register. Start at Tuesday, 5, 5 p.m., the registration to open. And we encourage you to just get back into the gathering of the saints. There's something powerful that takes place. We've said it before, but we'll say it again and again. Your walk with God alone in your own time, you know, your own relationship with God at home and everything you do out of lifestyle is just as important as your walk with God in our gatherings. You can't have one without the other. You see, you can't say elevate gatherings as the most important thing and then you don't have a relationship at home. The gatherings empowers your relationship at home, but the relationship at home empowers the gatherings. We need both. And I really believe that God created us this way. We're, we're codependent. We're dependent on each other. The body needs the, every part of the body. And a coals of fire, take the coals of fire separate, you'll end up slowly losing that fire. So something takes place when we put the coals of fire together. You just ignite the coals even more. So again, let's prioritize our gatherings together. Hopefully the social distancing will lift in the next few weeks. Keep praying. Praying against coronavirus. You have authority. Pray for Victoria. In fact, let's pray right now. Father, we just thank you for the authority you've given us. And we speak to the coronavirus. We command it to shrivel up and die, not just in Victoria, but in New South Wales, in all the states of Australia. We command it to leave our country altogether, to die. In, in, in the, the, the virus has no more life in, this, in our bodies, in Australia, in Jesus' name. We curse the virus in the name of Jesus. Amen. Keep praying. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Amen. Wonderful. Well, we're going to dive into the Word of God. We're going to learn how to recognize God's voice. We're learning continually how to recognize God's voice. And if you say, well, Leah, I've been a Christian for such a long time, and um, I I think this too, because I've been a Christian for a long time, but um, we never ever graduate from learning how to recognize God's voice, because we want to get better and better and better and better on hearing His voice, knowing how to be led by Him getting an impression from him and knowing, is this from God or is it not from God? So we're going to talk about how do we do this in the next couple of weeks. We all need to learn how to recognize God's voice. I do believe it's foundational teaching, but just because something's foundational doesn't mean it's not powerful or profound. It should be simple. It even should be things that we know, but sometimes we're not putting them into practice and other times we let something slip. We're going to, go about, we're going to talk about seven things we can do so that we can recognize the voice of God. So those seven things that we can put into place becomes a filter of how to hear the voice of God for yourself. If you do all seven. So you need to know, how to, how to, need to know what those seven is and then do them all well. And if you do all seven correctly or well, then you'll, you confidently can hear God's voice. Confidently. But if you choose, I'll do one, three, four, and five, but forget to, you know, six and seven... If you forget those and think, oh, I only do those other three, then it, it won't work properly. You've got to do all seven, how to hear the voice of God. We're going to, we're going to speak it to the next, uh, we'll get through two today. Because it's important to understand it really, really well. Um, hearing 
how to recognize the voice of God. This is vital. Why is it vital? Because if you're doing all the talking to God and you don't hear God's voice, you don't discern when he speaks, gives you an impression, gives you a thought, gives you an idea. And if you don't discern it, then, then if you're talking, you're doing all the talking to God who knows everything. It, 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 we're not called into a one-way relationship. It is really not a relationship if you are doing all the talking to God and never hear his voice. It has to be two ways. It has to be you're talking with God and he speaks back to you. You can pick up his impression. You pick up his thoughts. You, you pick up his leading. And a lot of times we, we, we hear and pick up God's direction, God's voice through impression or a thought in our mind, just a thought. And you've got to discern, is that thought from God or is that thought from the enemy? Is it from the devil? We want to know how to do that well because God's a communicative God. When I, when I picture the father on his throne, I, I picture that he always wants to speak to me. I don't picture him mute. I don't picture him like, oh, sometimes he just wants to be silent for a few weeks. No, I think he's always communicating to me. He's my beautiful heavenly father. He's a good father. Now, I might not be able to, you know, it's like a radio station across Sydney, 2 FM or Hope FM. If you listen to those stations, they're broadcasting. But if you don't tune in, if your, your receiver's not tuned into their frequency, you won't hear, hear them. And you don't go ringing up today, FM, and go, what's wrong with you? I can't pick you up today. You sort of assume something's wrong with your radio system. You'll check your radio, maybe in your car. You'll go, something's wrong with my car. You don't assume they're not broadcasting because they are broadcasting. You're just not picking it up. And sometimes our, the filter's gone wrong and we've got blockages. We've got so much blockages that we're not able to discern God speak to us. He, he is speaking, but not recognizing his voice. So it actually is very vital because God's always speaking. Proverbs 14, verse 12, says, There is a way that seems right to a man or a woman, but its end is the way of death. So you, something could seem right, but how do you know? Because sometimes the proverb says, what seems right, look, I read it in this translation. It says, um, where are we, Proverbs? What you think is the right road may lead to death. You, wanna, you don't want to travel on a road where you think it's right and it ends up leading to death. So God's put things in place. I do believe this is the manual to life. This book, the Bible, is the manual. God's not going to put us in this earth and then leave us without a manual, without instruction manual. But He's the one who created us. He's going to give us instructions. So we've got to trust this word that God has put here so that we can understand His will. All right. So um, just in, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it also says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit or everything you hear. But test the spirit, whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So some people say, don't believe every message you hear, but test the message. So don't believe any message you hear, even here, like in hearing a voice. How do you test the spirit? How do you test the message? How do you test the impression? How do you test the thought? Don't just believe anything you hear. Think about it this way. Peter um, and disciples were walking with Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, G uh, Peter, who, who do the people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And Peter spoke up and they said, oh, some of the disciples said, some people say you're, you're um, the pro a prophet, Elijah and a Jeremiah. They say, they say you've come back from the dead, you know. And, and, and then Jesus was really wanting to know what the disciples thought. And, they said, and who do you say that I am? And Jesus says, Jesus, you're the, you're the Messiah. You're the anointed one, the son of the living God. And what it was Jesus' response to uh, Peter, he says, Peter, Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. You didn't get this from man. Flesh and blood's man. You didn't, you didn't get this from man. But my heavenly Father, who is spirit, revealed it to you. You just heard from God. 
The fact that you said you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, you heard an impression, a thought, that thought came from God. And there was a clear discernment. Jesus affirmed him, you've heard from God. A few moments later, Jesus is saying, I'm going to die for the sins of humanity. And what, what does Peter do? Being Peter, he gets up and, hang on, no way, Lord, you're never. He corrects the Son of the living God, God in the flesh. He says, no, Lord, never, you'll never go to the cross. What does Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan, for the things that you speak are not from God, but from man. You're speaking from man. You, you just heard from God a few moments ago. Now you're hearing from the devil. So how quick is it? One moment we hear from God, and he was correct. God said, you heard. The next few moments later, he's actually hearing from Satan and spoke it out. Because in the natural, he's thinking, no way, we can't lose you, Jesus. We love you. You're our Messiah. We, we're seeing miracle signs. You can't leave us. You can't die on the cross. He saw it only through natural lenses, natural, and he, he didn't know the truth of the reality that Jesus came to die for the sins of humanity. Satan didn't want him to die on the cross, so that was from Satan. So it's just clear that, okay, we can hear from God clearly, and then a few moments later, you can actually pick up something that's not from God, and it could be from the enemy. So seven things that filter and help us to discern whether something's from God. Are we ready to dive into it? Number one is does this impression or this thought or this idea agree with the Bible, the Word of God? Is it in line with this Word? You, you have to, in, when you hear from God, I've got to discern, hang on, is this Word, impression, thought that I'm getting in line with the Word of God, this Word? Because Luke chapter 21, verse 33, this is the words of Jesus. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. My words will never pass away. That means Jesus' words, God's word, God's truth is eternal. God would never say one thing in the Bible and then will something else. His will and his word agree. Everything he wants to happen, he recorded it. He, he, he spoke it. He, it's in here. His word will not contradict his will. So if it's in his word, God's not going to tell you to do something that contradicts his word. Because his word is his will. If there's a principle in the Bible or a truth that he's already given in the Bible, he's not going to ignore his word and tell you otherwise and give you another direction that's clearly against the word of God. It's very important to understand this. If, if it's true 5,000 years ago, it's true 2,000 years later. It's true a million years later. Truth doesn't change. Truth is absolute, in God, absolute truth. Because if it's eternal, it's eternal. Psalm says, your word is forever settled in heaven. That means it doesn't change. We know that. Think about it. My words are eternal. Jesus just said it. Heaven and earth will pass away. Heaven and earth is eternal. Uh, when it talks about heavens. It talks about the stars, the universe. The earth and the universe is temporary. God's word is eternal. His word says, one day I'll wrap, or I'll wrap this universe up like a curtain. That's what God's word says. So this universe is temporary. God's word is eternal. We've got to see that truth doesn't change. If it's new, it's not true. Solomon actually said, there's nothing new under the sun. Whatever was, will be, and whatever has been, will always be. Like he's just trying to say truth is always absolute. In that we have no problem. This is the thing about us. When I say us, uh, the world, and the way the world wants to shape society and the culture of this world. Um, the, you know, in the mathematician world, let's go one plus one item equals two. We know that, don't we? 
and I'm simplifying it, but it doesn't matter what you think about it. If you say, no, but I think it's free. My understanding, my perspective, it's a bit relative because they want to say truth is relative, right? Yes, when it comes to the natural, they'll go, oh, yeah, we know truth in the natural is, is absolute. You can't change the physical law of one plus one item equals two. You can't say it's three even if, even if you believe it. It doesn't change it. Well, physically, you know, the, the law of gravity is the same thing. It's a physical law. So it doesn't matter what you believe about the law of gravity. It is in place. And if you say it's a figment of people's imaginations, we've been told a lie. And we just believe there's gravity, but there's really not gravity. It's just you know, it's a perspective. No, true, gravity is a, spirit, a physical law. It's true. And so if I jump off a building... And I said, I don't believe in gravity. I don't believe in gravity. I don't believe in gravity. I jumped off. Gravity will not respect my belief. It won't respect it because truth is truth. Now, we're okay in the physical world. Once upon a time, hundreds of years ago, most people believed the world was flat. Some people start to bring conspiracy and still believe it's flat before the evidence. But, but the Bible always said it was round. Bible always said it was round, the circle of the earth. It's in the Bible. But there was a time we all be- people believed it was flat. Did it make the world flat? No. The truth is the truth regardless of if you believe it or not. If the truth of the earth is a circle around and people believed it was flat, it didn't make it flat. It's still round. Some people say, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. True, but... It's better to say this, God said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. Because if God said it, it's true. And if it's true, it's absolute and it doesn't change. So we're okay in the physical world, but what about spiritual truth? First of all, Jesus is the son of the living God, God in the flesh. He came to reveal heaven and God and everything. And he's really, really clear about spiritual truth. He uses physical truth. He uses seeds. He plants a seed, produces fruit and trees, and talks about fruit and trees. He uses lambs and goats, and he uses sons and fathers. He uses this physical world to reflect a truth of a spiritual world. Because everything that's spirit, everything physical was birthed out of the spiritual anyway. So the physical laws are, are, are birthed out of spiritual laws. So if, if like for example, I've got a, if it's physical law, translate it to spiritual, the world doesn't want to look at it this way. But if I plant apple seed physically, I can't expect an orange fruit or orange tree. I can try, I can believe, I can pray, I can speak, I can wish, I can just try to, my opinion is it's going to become orange. It won't change the truth of that apple seed. The physical law is it's apple seed to produce apple tree with apple fruit. Amen. Same spiritually. I can sow love Joy, peace, I can sow mercy, I can sow grace. If I sow those seeds, I will reap it. If I sow bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred, criticism, judgmental attitude, that's all I do, nothing else. I'm just full of bitterness, full of anger. There's people like this. We know, don't we? I'm sure you know some people like this. Shit. Don't tell me who they are. But, but, but they're bitterness, unforgiveness. But, and if you sow that all your life, what do you think you're going to reap? You're not going to reap mercy and grace from everybody. You reap what you sow. Because the Bible says a man or a woman reaps what he sows. actually says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. A man does reap what he sows. It's a spiritual truth now. So if it's in the Word of God and moral truth, to me, God sets the standard. Or as we start to say, it's just relative. It's up to your opinion. So you're now twisting God's truth to say, I believe it's this. So if you go against the truth, the truth 
you can't come against the truth and live and, and, and have the fruits of living in the truth. If you come against the truth, the truth will stand, you will fall. You'll be crumbled by the truth. The word will fall on you to crumble you. Not that God wants you to be crumbled. It's going, you're going against God's word. So, for example, how do we know? How do we filter? How do we know it's according to the word? Romans chapter 12 talks about, about you know, pay your taxes. You know, just give, give to who, honor those that are honored and pay to Caesar to what's worth, pay to Caesar what is due to Caesar. So there's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that says we should pay our taxes. So if you start getting an impression and feel, hmm, this year, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to not pay my taxes this year. It doesn't matter what you do with that money. If you think I'm going to help the poor, I'm going to help charity, I'm going to give to the church, it doesn't make it right. If you heard against the word of God where God's word says pay your taxes, then you say, no, I'm not going to. It's true of even you know, lying about your taxes. Well, if I lie here, I can get away with more money and I come out with a lot more money and I can help. No, 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 no. If you're lying, the Bible says do not lie. It's already clear. You can't change the word of God. It says do not lie. So you can't say I've been, I got this impression from God. God told me uh, that if I did this, I would get any more money. Business is the same thing. The book of Proverbs is really, really clear that God blesses righteousness, integrity, honesty, Throughout the whole book of Proverbs, it says if you build your business on righteousness and integrity, God blesses that. So if you get a thought that, hmm, if I'm dishonest in this deal, I make $200,000. And if you think God's telling me to be dishonest, you can't say that's the voice of God. You can't say I'm getting, I got him an impression if it's leading you into dishonesty just because you think you're going to make more money or a bigger profit. It's simple, but you'll be surprised in the name of I've heard God. We say, I've heard God, but it's against the word of God. Are you following me? Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of things like that. I mean, God says sex is holy. God created sex. He, he, he believes it's beautiful and pure, and he came up with the idea. God's amazing. But he made it, according to the word of God, clearly, it's in a marriage covenant between a man and a woman. So that's what God's word says. So now you can start going, well, hang on a sec. I mean, you know, I just feel that. I got impressed. I feel God saying I should just share myself around. I want to walk in love. I want to sleep around with everybody. It doesn't matter what you do. You can't twist the word of God and say that God's leading you to sleep around. And we, we might dumb it down a bit and go, oh, well, I just love that person. And he loves me. So I think God's okay with it. No, he's not. The word of God says marry. Get married. Why? It's your protection. It's actually better for you. You come up against the truth. It, you can't. You reap the consequences. You know, in Romans, it talks about homosexual lifestyle. It actually talks about men, women leaving the natural use of a, a man and goes to go to women, and men doing the same in their lust. They go to man with man, and he has in their bodies they reap their reward. So, in other words, there's a judgment when you go. We we break the use God's purpose, God's design, God's design, God's purpose. He put a man and a woman together. Even the physical design, you can go, oh, that works. That works. But when you take away God's design, not that God doesn't love. everyone. God loves everyone. You just can't say to God, no, we're going to do it this way. Please hear. God loves everyone. We love everyone. We accept everyone. We believe God has died in the cross. Jesus died for all humanity. Now, now, let's say Galatians. Galatians says, this is Paul saying this, even if an angel comes from heaven and preaches to you another gospel, let that person be accursed. Even if we preach another gospel other than the gospel you've already heard, let that person be accursed. 
So you can get an angel from heaven, looks like a magnificent angel of light, and tells you another gospel, another message to be saved. So if you say somehow, oh, you can be saved without Jesus. Well, that's not according to the Bible. Jesus says he is the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. Why do we exalt the name of Jesus? Why do we worship God in such a powerful way? Why? Because he is the holy name. He is the one that was sinless and didn't sin at all on the earth and then died on the cross for our sins in our place for our penalty. No other name given among men whereby we must be saved, says the book of Acts. There's no other name. So you can say, oh, there is another name. If you just look, you know, be good and be nice and God, well, you're going against the word of God. When we find, when we, we've, got to, we've got to honor this truth and we've got to catch ourselves, our minds, our thoughts to come in line with the word of God. And that's true of many, many things. There are deeper levels like the Bible says that we've been, you know, we died with Christ, we've raised with Christ, we're made alive with Christ. The Bible even says we're seated at the right hand of the Father with Christ, and it says that we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ in heavenly places. Blessed with all spiritual blessings. Every single spiritual blessing you need to be victorious in life is already in Christ. You actually already have it. You don't have to try to earn it. You don't have to be good enough. You don't have to try to deserve it. You just got it. It's already accredited to your account. But if you don't know this, how do you walk in it? If I won the lotto and I won $100 million and I didn't know and that's so my wife knew and she put it in the bank. So it's in my bank. It's deposited, but I don't know. I'm not going to walk in the reality that I actually got $100 million in the bank. I'm going to walk in the reality is, like if, if you're a poverty mindset, you're going to still be negative, you know, budget here, budget there. And you didn't realize what you have in your account. Most Christians are budgeting the, the spiritual life. Oh, how am I making it happen? And not realizing everything's at their exposal. But you've got to have revelation for this, don't you? It's, it's out of revelation through relationship and your level of faith. When you get a revelation, your faith rises and you walk in it. So most of us, we get it little by little. That's why it's important. In relationship, we let everybody have the freedom of their own walk with God, their own relationship with God, their level of faith. Let them grow in their time. They will get a revelation. You can't put your revelation on them because that's religion. Does that make sense? But we get this revelation and that's why... It's all again according to the word. When I got a revelation that I can do all things through Christ, I thought to myself, well, I've got to stop saying can't. I've got to stop saying I can't do that. Oh, that's not possible. That's not, I'm not going to be able to do that. I stopped saying that. I, I, I might say I don't have any money on me. Why do I say that? Because I believe God's got all the money I never need. I might not have any money on me, but he's got everything. He's my father. What am I trying to do? Get my confession in line with the revelation of the word of God. Because if I'm going to hear from God, it's going to be filtered through the Word. Is it consistent with His Word? I believe that God wants to heal people. I just believe that. I don't believe God gives sickness or disease to anyone. Why, why do I think that? I don't just think that now. I, I think I believe it. I'm trying to live in it because that's in the Word. So I'm changing my thinking according to the Word. So you can go deep. So don't, I'm just using some of these real surface examples to help us think, yet we've got to judge everything according to the Word. All right. Number two. Um, all right. Revelations 22, I just want to show us because this is connected to number two. Um, it says, For I testify to every man that hears the words of this prophecy of this book. If you add any, add any to these things, God shall add to you the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away the, from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. You can't add to the word, you can't take away from the word. 
If it's in the word, you got to, that's what you filter. All right, so we start with number two, and it's, does this make us more like Jesus? This thought that I'm getting, this impression, let's say it's a thought to start a business. If I start this business, will it be in line with the Word of God? You can, okay, pass that test. It doesn't go against the Word of God. And if I do this, will it help me become more like Jesus? If you're like, yeah, it does. It can. So you, you can submit it that way because you're, you're testing the impression or the thought, right? That we know very, very clearly the Bible speaks that we were created to be like Jesus. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, let this mind be in you. This mind or this attitude, the exercise of the mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Do you think God's going to write the Word of God and tell us to do something we cannot do? Think about it for a second. If God says, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, and then I go, oh, but I can't be like Jesus. I just spoke against the Word. If I believe I can't be like Jesus, the Word just told me I could. Let this mind be in you as it was in Christ Jesus. Now, I've got to become like Jesus faith by faith. Little by little, revelation upon revelation. We're on this journey. Whatever is, a faith, whatever is not a faith is sin. So I walk in faith, then I'm not walking in sin. I'm walking in faith, trusting God. God, I feel that you're telling me to do this. Does that make sense? So 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says that we, our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. This is talking about warfare. They're not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are wrong mindsets, wrong thought patterns. Casting down every imagination, casting down imaginations, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So any thought that comes to you that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, it says bring it into captivity every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Again, I've got to believe the Word of God. God says I can bring into captivity every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Now if I'm not winning, I don't get condemned about it. Just, just to let you know, you know rest assured, that's not, not a part of our salvation. If I'm not doing well and I'm a bit negative and a bit critical and, and full of fear and anxiety, that's not submitting every thought unto a Christ, is it? It's not a controlled mind. It doesn't mean we're not saved. We're learning, we're growing, we're babies, we're walking. We might fall over and we get back up. If we learn to walk and a baby falls so many times, the father will go, come on, get up, you can do it. Keep walking, keep walking. And that's, that's the father with us. You might fall and stumble many times. Eventually, you just keep getting up. Your legs get better. Your legs get stronger. You start to get coordination. You start to work this out. But you've got to believe that I can cast down imagination and every high thing that exalts against the knowledge of God. It becomes easy when the Word is in you. The more you're in the Word, the more the Word is in you, the more you saturate your mind with the Word. Because if you don't put it in, you can't do this. It's impossible. But God's given us the tools, the Holy Spirit and everything. So, so we want to be like Jesus. A lot of scriptures, Ephesians 5 verse 1, uh, Paul says, Imitate, be imitators of God as dear children. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 says, be imitators of me even as I also imitate Christ. Romans 8 29 says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. God predestined you to be conformed into the image of his son. God's destiny for your life is to be conformed, to be transformed into the image of his son. That's in the Bible, Romans 8. So there's just a lot of scriptures. I mean, Jesus says also, as the Father has sent me, I have sent you. He said, the works that I do, shall you do also. Hang on a sec. Can you say that if that's not possible? Doesn't God, Jesus only speak truth? Of course he does. So if he's saying it, it must be attainable. 
The moment you believe it's attainable, that's the moment you start to go, wow, I have the power within me. I can walk in this. But as long as you think, oh, no, it's not possible. I've tried that, done that, tried that. I'm just so negative. I'm just hopeless. I'm stupid. I'm no good. If that's how you think about yourself, we talk to ourselves all the time, don't we? We say, how do I look? Leo, you should exercise more. Leo, you need to eat healthy. Or Leo, I wonder what people are thinking of me. So we're self-talkers. We talk to ourselves all the time. We now need to filter our thoughts with God's word. Not just our self-talk, especially if your self-talk is condemning. Um, all right. So what is Jesus like? If we want to be like Jesus, that's a filter. This is a second filter. Basically, we're asking, would Jesus do this? If I operate in this impression, this thought, this idea that I'm getting, would it be like Jesus? Would Jesus operate this way? And so we know that Jesus is the fruits of the Spirit. If you're walking in the Spirit, you're going to manifest the fruits of the Spirit. Jesus is the fruits of the Spirit because he is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility. He's self-control. So if I'm about to operate under an impression and I've got this thought, and if it doesn't demonstrate love, if I'm not thinking of the other person, person in front of me, like put them in front of me, or if, why am I operating in this impression? Is it to attack people? It's because I got hurt and I got sensitive and insecure. I'm going to tell them a piece of my mind. Would that, is that how Jesus would react? So if, think about how would Jesus be. James chapter 3, verse 14. Let's have a look at this quickly. James chapter 3, verse 14. Very, very clear teaching. If you pick it up really quickly about the tongue, verse 8, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Remember it said no man. Can the Holy Spirit tame the tongue? 100% he can. You have the work of the Holy Spirit, the help of the Holy Spirit to tame the tongue. No man can. Holy Spirit can. God himself can because he's inside you. With it, with the tongue, we bless God, our Father, and with it we curse men. We have been made in the similitude of God, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be so. He's saying you can't do it. If you're going to be, if, depending what source you're connected to, does the spring, this is the source, send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Of course not. If a spring is fresh, it's fresh. You're not going to get fresh water and salt out of the same spring. And it's actually saying, he's using this picture that a spring is either fresh or salt. You can't have two. So you can't be bitter, envious, jealousy, hatred, and, and speaking negatively, and then also, I bless you, God, I love you, I praise God. This is what it says. All right. It says, yeah, sorry, we're reading here. Um, and it can a fig tree, brothers and, uh, brothers and sisters, bear olives? If a fig tree is a fig tree, it's not going to bear olives. Or a grapevine bear figs. No, well, a grapevine produces grapes. Look at what I said before. Apple seed will produce apple, not oranges. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct behavior that his works are done in his meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and even demonic. This wisdom that comes, if you operate in bitter, bitterness, envy, and self-seeking. Three things that stop you from hearing God. Three things. Bitterness, envy, and self-seeking. When you've got self-seeking, the Bible says there's strife 
and there's every evil work. In your word, it says every evil work and confusion is not from God. It says, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So if something, so you can, so you can filter it with, um, okay, bitterness. If you think that's it, I'm going to give a person that, that person... I've heard him spreading rumors around me in the, in the office and I said, I've had enough. And you're full of bitterness and everything. That's not from God. God's not impressing you to speak your mind. Deal with the unforgiveness. Deal with the bitterness. Deal with the, just let it go. Make sure you're clear. Then you can speak the truth in love. But you're not hearing from God if you're going to react in bitterness. True? And, and that's true of envy. So you think, hmm, envy. I'm going to do this so everyone can notice me. Well, if you're doing that, it's really connected to the source of your heart. That's why when you're born again and you're resurrected from your dead spirit and you're alive, connected to God, and now you've got a relationship with God, this is all possible. But if we're not connected to God, this is not possible. Just so we know. Let's quickly move to the seven ways you can know it is from God. If it's from God, it is first pure. It says here in the Bible. But the wisdom that is from God or from above is first pure. Pure. You're going to ask yourself, okay, if I'm going to operate in this impression, this thought, this idea that I got, is it pure? The pure shall see God. Now, obviously, anything sexual, if you're impressed with the flesh, and the, the Bible says the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, you cannot do the things that you would if you let your flesh take over. So if you get an impression from the flesh, it's unpure, it's not going to be from God. So you've got to make sure it's pure because God is pure and set apart and holy. Number two is peace loving. Does it promote harmony, not conflict? Does it promote reconciliation, not division? Does it promote, uh, not war or separation, it should bring us together. Blessed, the Bible says, are the peacemakers who build bridges and not walls. That means all criticism. Did you know all criticism? Satan's name is accuser. His actual name means accuser. You know that. So Satan is the accuser of the brethren. That's when you when you say the word Satan, it means accuser. He's the accuser of the brethren. So he's he's just criticizing, condemning, and he's accusing all the time. So if we if we do that, we're doing his work. If we get into accusation and condemning and criticizing, being critical about every little thing, anyone can criticize. You can teach a baby to criticize. You can teach a little kid. You can even teach a monkey to criticize. Teach a monkey to look at something. You'll do it. It's a fool can criticize. It takes a mature person to see the gold in someone and to see the good in someone, to see the potential in them, even though they're not living it. A mature person sees the good. Anyone can see the negative. So if we are doing the work of Satan, which is an accuser, Satan, if it's his work, he's he, some, in some churches, the Satan's on holidays. Don't even need him. It's true. Because people are doing his work by criticizing, judging, putting down. And you just, hang on a second, is this critical? Is this judgmental? Is this an accuser? Is this, this, not, this doesn't seem peace loving. Then it's not from God. Can you see how we have to make sure our heart's clean and pure and right? And we say, God, we want to serve you, not ourselves. Sometimes we get hurt and bitter. We don't even realize it. We're hearing from the wrong fountain. Once you've got this source from the wrong fountain, that's why it's not right. You won't be able to hear God. A lot of us, a lot of what we're talking about, sin is the number one blockage to hearing the voice of God. 
it's a blockage. We have to get rid of that. Repent and say, God, forgive me. I've allowed hurt to build up, bitterness to build up, unforgiveness to build up. Number three, quickly, it's, it's considerate. If we're going to hear from God, put it through the filter of consideration. If, I'm a, if I got an impression from God and I go, ah, oh, it's good for me, but it's not going to be good for my wife or my children. It's going to hurt them, but it's good for me. I'm not being considerate. Does that make sense? Obviously, you have to filter this through the spirit, the heart. Like when I first came to Christ, my parents were freaking out and they thought, oh no, we've lost Leo, da, da, da. But, but, but by me following Jesus, in the long run, it helped them. So at first, it might have hurt them, but that's not hurting for the wrong reasons. I'm hurting because I'm standing up for truth. And eventually, they came to Christ. Number four, quickly, it's submissive. I like this one. Uh, it speaks to me a big time. If you're hearing from God, you're going to be willing for it to be submissive to other people's point of view, other people's input. Not just to anyone, the right people. So if you've heard something from God, you have no problem to say, can you speak into this, please? Can you, I think I've heard God. I've got an impression. I've got a thought. I might have an idea to start a business. You're not worried about submitting it to people and say, can you speak into this? But if you're here and you, there's, and you don't want to submit it to anybody... Why aren't you willing to submit it? Why aren't you bringing it into the light? Why do you want to keep it all hidden? Usually, if it's birthed out of darkness, you've heard from the darkness and you got hurt and bitten and da-da-da and then you just, you over spiritual. Oh, I've heard from God. So, so, so why are you doing this? Oh, well, I just heard from God. But can you give me, there's real reasons that I want to talk about. They're not submitting the real issue. If you submit the real issue and let someone speak into it, so it's, it's, it's just by nature submissive. If, I'm making a big, if I want to make a business decision, I want to go to business people that are successful. I don't want to go to someone that's bankrupt five businesses and he's got no money and every time he starts something, he banks, you know. If I want marriage advice, I'm not going to go to someone who's been married four times and, and his current wife is leaving. I'm going to say, how, how, do, how, do, how do I have a good marriage? Wrong person. It's just um, common sense, isn't it? You go to people that are mature and are producing fruit in that area. You know what I'm saying? Like you raise, uh, teach me how to raise kids and all their kids don't love God and all their kids are destructive and, and just not talking to their parents and they're angry with their parents. I'm not going to say, teach me how do you raise your kids. I don't want to raise kids that don't talk to me. I want to ask people that actually raise good kids. Does that make sense? But it's submissive. You're willing to submit the idea, the thought, the impression. You're willing for others to speak into it. You'll be, you know, please hear my heart. You don't know how many times people have got up and left our church and didn't even give us the opportunity for a conversation. So when you think about it, if you, we as pastors love you. We, uh, if you don't trust that we love you, you shouldn't be in our church receiving ministry from us. I know there's different degrees. I understand the different degrees of trust and people have been hurt and people carry baggage. I fully understand that. But you've got to trust enough that we care that we want the best for you. So there shouldn't be a problem with, this is why I'm thinking to move on and give us the real reason. Give us the respect and the honor, the real reason. Because then I can say, oh, do you think if it's bitterness or hurt or I'm discouraged, I'm disappointed, do you think God's moving you on because you're disappointed or someone has let you down? or someone didn't say hello, or whatever. You just got negative, and you thought, I'm going to go somewhere else. Tell us the real reason. Maybe we can help. Maybe we can't, but maybe we can. It's submissive. But when you're hiding something, why are you hiding it? Have you really heard from God? Because we always spiritualize it. I've heard from God. 
Have you really heard from God? Tell us the real reason. And then we can say, yeah, that sounds like God. That sounds like God's making you more fruitful and He's opening up a door and you need to do this because God's opening up the door for the kingdom influence. Amen? We've done that many times too. We've run out of time. The other one's in your Bible. Um, It's being merciful, full of mercy and without hypocrisy. Sincerity. You know, sincerity means don't have a mask. If I have to have a mask, that means I'm, I'm this person in front of you. I'm going to be a different person in front of you. Does it sound like I'm a free person? If I have to be a different person in front of everybody all the time. That's a mask. That's a hip- hypocrisy. So it's got to be sincerity. You've got to be real. got to be yourself. Be free to be you. Be free to be yourself. Then you're going to hear from God. Because as long as you're trying to impress people, and I want everyone's accolades and everyone's attention and people to praise me or thank me, I'm going to put on a different mask all the time. I'm operating in the flesh to try to please people. Can you see how simple it is when you realize, okay, I've got to be free if I'm going to hear from God. Because God speaks to me. He speaks to me when I'm myself. My real identity. That's why I know how much He loves me. Full of mercy. Full of mercy. Man, God has forgiven us. Hasn't He? I don't know about you, but I know He's forgiven every one of us here a hundred trillion dollar debt you could never pay even if you tried. You can never pay. You can, you can live a hundred lives try to pay that debt you can't. God forgave you for free because Jesus died on the cross and paid the penalty for your sins. So that's a trillion dollar debt that you owed God. You didn't even realize you owed it, but you do owe it. That's the truth. God forgave you. Once you've accepted that truth, really accepted it, now you're forgiven of everything. I've got right standing with God. I've been shown mercy. I'll be full of mercy. When someone backstabs me, it's 20 bucks. I've got all the money in the world. I've been forgiven a trillion dollar debt. I forgive you. You hurt me, I forgive you. You hurt me, I forgive you. You hurt me, I forgive you. We just forgive. You live in forgiveness. You actually live a crucified life. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, Jesus said. It's that reality. People hurt me, they don't know what they're doing. I'm just going to love them anyway. Full of mercy. Can you see the pure stream that comes from the throne? It's got to be connected to relationship with Him. Can we pray? Father, we thank You for Your loving grace towards us. Lord, I pray for any person that doesn't know Your love, has not accepted the merciful gift of Jesus. The fact that Jesus died on the cross... 2,000 years ago, He paid the penalty, consumed the judgment of God against us. And God extends forgiveness to every single human being. If you're listening online, God extends forgiveness to you. He says, I give you this free gift of salvation, free gift of forgiveness. If you put your faith in Christ, completely trust Him. Turn away from your selfishness, your sin, and say, Lord, I make you. Jesus, I make you my Lord. That's what you have to do in your heart. Just repeat this prayer with me. If you're in this room and you need to pray this prayer, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And if you're listening online, just pray this simple prayer of surrender to Jesus and accepting His mercy. Take some moment to accept by faith what He did. Just say, Father God, I thank You for sending Your Son for Him to die on the cross, pay the penalty for my sin, I believe with all my heart that He died in my place. 
that He rose from the dead for my forgiveness and so that I can have right standing with God. I accept you. I make you Lord of my life. I turn away from my selfishness, my sin. I give you my heart. And be Lord and be Saviour in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you've become a, a Christ follower you, 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 and you become a child of the living God, part of His family. Now you, it's time to grow in the Lord and, and, and this is the first day of new beginnings. Amen. listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.